Okay, so thank you very much to everybody. Uh, my presentation, as, as the title says, is called Ludi Umani, Teaching Humanities with Video Games. And I chose this title, which means um, Human Games, uh, because I, I really want to point out uh, something that normally is, it is missed in every description of a video game. And this thing is that video games are a human creation made by humans and for humans, in spite of its technological uh, aspect. So um, that is a question that it arises that how humans are video game? I mean, how human is an activity such as playing video game? Or in other ways to say, can we become better humans or more humans, being human, a social construction, uh, just an idea, uh, just by playing video game? That is, can we acquire emotions by playing video games? Or can we acquire self-knowledge? Or cultural identity or interculturalism? or morality, or in general, wisdom. So the question here is that, uh, can, can, can video games be a source of humanity, or at least the reasons for which we study humanities, we study history in order to acquire cultural identity, interculturalism, some sort of wisdom or self-awareness. Uh, can we do that with video games? Or first, uh, let's uh, start by a very interesting uh, aspect that I see in video games, that is its emotional uh, aspect. And I think it's, it's something that really people miss. When people say here, they say, hey, where's the emotion? That this is nothing, this is pixels, this is, this is, well, we are talking about the first, one of the first video games which, uh, that provided a story. Um, this is compared to, could be compared like um, the first movies, where it was black and white, no text, no, 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 no voice, only text, very raw emotions like violence, fear, but no, no, not psychological, psychological depth, for example. So I think you, we could compare that. For example, the first uh, pre-Hellenic pre -Hellenic sculptures, where you see very not human statues. And you could say, oh, that is primitive art. You, that doesn't provide, well, maybe it's a, it's a first step in the media. So let's play a little game. I'm going to show you pictures. And I would like you to, uh, to state the first em emotion or the first idea that comes to your mind when you, you see this movie, when you see this image. Emotions, please. Fear, yeah, more? Mystery, thriller, okay? Adventure, freedom, okay? Violence, no. <laughs> that is a problem. When we talk about violence, portrait of violence, we miss the emotional part. The emotional part of feeling like a superhero, doing things that in your boring, regular life you would never do. Uh, this is something. When this kid is playing video games, it's not just pushing buttons. It means stuff for for the for, for the play. So it's 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 a it's a thing that we cannot miss. Not all the games are violence. This is, for example, a Spanish production, Los Rios de Alicia, Alice 
rivers, a very in, in introspective and psychological um, uh, video game. We have a fighting game, challenge, combativity. Um, we have Limbo, games uh, remarkable by its aesthetic component. It's a beautiful game indeed. We have Guitar Hero, uh, where you can become a, a rock star. You have Candy Crush. Candy Crush is packed of beautiful emotions. It's beautiful, this challenge, uh, expectations, um, the sense of mastery. We, we, frustration. Frustration is a beautiful, and it is one of the most important emotions a game can teach you. How to lose. We would far better, I mean, we would be very good people if we, we could learn how to lose in our, in our regular life. So that is a, a, a very important topic that we are going to come back later. And drive cars, uh, do war, uh, practice our social interactions, uh, more emotions, violence again, fear. And this is another thing. The, when we were talking about the violence, missing the emotions again. Are video do video games create violent people, uh, bad people? Well, that is a... I, I see this as an emotional training. To tell the truth, or if, if I had to give my personal opinion, if you play this all your life, all your time, you can only play this, you only train this emotion, then you're going to be a very crappy person. But playing these video games is a new way of exploring emotions that you would never live in your normal, daily, regular life. So seeing this as an emotion, the emotion of fear, of survival, of uh, challenging. In these kinds of games, you normally, you normally are a very punny, weak person, just like us, surrounded by an overwhelming uh, situation. That is very, a very worthy and enriching uh, life experience. So why, why to say no? But there are far more emotions, right? What emotions do these recall? I mean, love, friendship, commitment, Visual, aesthetic emotions, no meaning, pure art, um, training our abstract capacities, adventure, the sense of awe, fantasy. I really don't know how to catalogize this, nor this, nor this, nor this. Even the simplest game, the games where there are no characters, even those are full of emotions. And you would, you would never understand a video game, you will never understand a video game when, we don't, when you don't see emotions. What do all these images have in common? All of these are video games, or fall into the category of video games, of the name of video games. They are gathered by the experience, the emotion. People played not only to know a story sometimes, but they want to feel stuff. They want to feel stuff that in your real life to tell the truth, it doesn't happen so much. So let's start a concept that is very important. Most of us, we, we teach, and it is gamification. Gamification, it has lots of tons of literature about it. It has uh, a lot of definitions. Gamification, for me, is taking what you get from video games into our schools, into our teachings, or into, into any activity. It could be a, pr a profitable activity. Here at Villanova, gamification 
it is uh, a course that it is taught in in the business school. Professor Richard Richard London is, uh, teaches gamification, how to apply the principles of games in order to engage people in acti in activities, any any sort of activities. So the question would be, why video games? Why taking video games? Well, by definition, a, 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 a video game, uh, gaming is learning a game. When you play hide and seek, by playing it, you are learning hide and seek. If you play Candy Crush, by playing it, you are learning. So video games are not only emotionally engaging, they are ways of learning. A, a video game designer has expend a lot of energy and thoughts and and money into create a learning device a, a learning um, platform so games are not boring are actually designed to combat boredom and they are by definition voluntary nobody can force you to play games is one of the very few activities that its definition requires voluntary you can read if they force you. They can, you can work, uh, dig a hole if they force you. You cannot play if they force you. That's why we really want this in our, in our education. And video games, they are very good at creating meaning. I mean, you are opening in Candy Crush with little shapes and color, but, and you per give personal meaning to that. You, you give personal meaning to this score, this number that is your score. And, it is so good to make the, the player give um, uh, a meaning and, uh, and make it relevant. And we, we could talk about that there is an instinct to play, that humans, we are somehow designed to play from when, when we are kids, and not only humans, most of mammals, we play. And some approaches teach us that actually we play in order to learn things from the Huizinga's um, famous book, Homo Ludens, uh, from other approaches. Puppies, they learn how to fight, how to defend, by playing. Puppies play, and they are very enjoyable. So since gamification is so overwhelming, it's the hotkey, it's everywhere in teaching methodology, I'm going to talk about two different and maybe not so different approaches. One, one is by Judy Willis, and the other is by James G. And actually these two are kind of gurus of gamification, especially gamifications when it comes to video games. So um, uh, Judy Willis has created what we call the video game model. Um, and, and it's actually the same that James G is seeing video games, see wh what is, why are they so compelling and how can we make our education as compelling as video games. So. Julie uh, comes to these conclusions. I'm really uh, simplifying a work of uh, neurobiology research. So they, uh, Judy Willis says that video games are, uh, pr provide a goal very easy to buy. That games, you, you give a, a controller, you give a goal, and the, and the player takes it as a goal, as, hey, let's do it. Why not? I mean, it's, it's a challenge. It has a very important thing that Meshed pointed before. It is, it is studied that on average, the time that you spend playing a video game, 80% of this time is failure. Pure failure. 80% of the activity 
that is amazing. That is amazing. When we teach classes, when we teach Spanish, our main concern is to uh, try to avoid people getting frustrated and saying, oh, I cannot do this, I cannot learn this, or feeling miserable for not knowing the Spanish uh, conjugations. Video games teach by uh, 80% rate and still people persevere uh, with increasing challenging. So you go to level two, you know because you are a player and you know that level two is going to be more complicated and you buy it and you're still playing. That is amazing, we want that in our education. We want that when people learn the preterite and knows the imperfect is coming, we want them to say, okay, bring it on. <laughs> and there is a component of uh, uncertainty and reward that really makes games, any kind of games or even gambling, compelling is that you never know when you are going to success but oh when you success you feel amazing right it's like ah I got it uh, we want that in our education so James G from a very different approach he's a, ling uh, a, a, a linguist a very uh, he studies discourse but he, he studies video games as well so he points three main aspects of why video games are very good at our teaching or what should we take from video games? That is, how can we gamify education? First, it creates empowered learners. The learners have the control there. They are in charge of their education. So uh, it's not the same when you try to pour information into the students, you talk at the students and you say, okay, you have to learn this, you have to learn this, that, that doesn't work and we know that. We have to let the students take control, manipulate the information, take their pace because sometimes people go faster or they want to be faster or they want to be slower. Empower learners is what we want in class. Uh, it, video games are very well at designing problems and it creates a system of education where it creates a problem and the students wants to know how to solve problems. We don't, know to, we don't want them to memorize. At, very, at the very end we want them to be able to resolve problems in real life. So why not teaching them by uh, uh, problem-oriented um, uh, uh, system. And the third is that it creates a deeper understanding. It doesn't just, it's, it's, they are not managing theory. They are not managing words in their mind. What are they managing? They are managing experiences. While playing it, they are living it. They are not only learning or reading or whatever. It is not abstract meaning. It is related to an experience. So it is related, you would say that it's not the same studying something and working in the field. Working in the field is normally more rewarded because it, 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 it has a deeper understanding by action, meaning in action. So you would say, yeah, sure, good, sounds fantastic, awesome, magnificent, but has someone tried? And the, ans the answer is yes. I mean, we can change our education from how to design a test from the core of the module. This is the paradigmatic Lee Sheldon's model. He created, I think he was the first time who saw education using experience point. Any gamer, especially um, uh, teenage years, everybody knows what it's XP, experience point. And this is, the, this is the thing. When you complete a game, say Call of Duty, nobody asks you to take exam, right? Right? After uh, uh, filling the whole game, all the stages, uh, you, you killed everybody, then you don't go to the exam. Why? 
because you have proven that you you know the stuff you have been learning by progress so basically it's not that far from where we are in education but it's flipping the system here when they come to a to a class by default they have an a and then they can they can screw it up and go back until a c maybe or a d or an f but we don't want that why don't we start from zero and you acquire experience and you learn levels you forget about that you you earn levels so you know that you didn't screw it up you know that and i shouldn't say screw it up in a, in a presentation I, my apologies they know that they can always improve know that how to not fall and th that is a problem and I, th and I think it's a it's a very interesting incentive paul anderson has done the same in his class of biology which he calls biohazard five he has done a very sim i mean you can see it's a normal teacher with a class uh, living people i mean not, nothing too nerd but he has adopted and go even beyond so we have a level system when it, it uses names real, related to biology so level one would be primordial soup and level level 11 would be mountain gorilla the idea is the same you come from zero exp until maximum exp and in every level there are uh, a list of uh, quests to do skills to 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 learn so when you learn a skill uh, you, you can do more stuff and you can increase your level by using that skill and that is uh, a method that apparently it works and it, it has earned a, a, a big deal of uh, attention to the uh, teaching community it, it is a very it is a, uh, a path to follow a very interesting one so we have seen that we can learn from video games and we can apply this knowledge from video games to um, to our education why because they are problem-solving oriented it increases communicational skills improve attention no linear thinking patterns narrative skills but the question is why not using them not only copying them or copying the system but actually using video games in order to to teach and when I wanted to look for an example a very quick example of where can we find a, a how to teach something via video game using uh, gamified mechanisms. Uh, I came to this game, Loneliness, and I would like to, Mesht, please, could you come here, please? Okay, so this is a video game, what in, uh, it would consider an indie game. Uh, no, you have to come here. Thank you, darling. You're amazing. Uh, it, it, it froze. Está congelada la imagen. Yeah, mesh out here. 
<laughs> okay, okay. No, okay. The Bergen Oseve. Oh, yeah, because we have to get out of here. Okay, so this is a video game, very easy. Uh, I would give you, I would give you instructions, but actually a video game, you don't need instructions. You learn by playing it. So can you move the keyboards and Just move. play? Okay, so, uh, sorry, I need your assistance. How do we... Okay, Meshed, how do you feel? What do you think about this? Interesting, very good. What kind of game is this? What, what does, what this, this game was? I mean, what was the purpose of this game? It was very easy, right? It was a test. It was teaching a statistical fact about 
a population in South Korea that reports loneliness as the main cause of um, which one? Yeah, anyway. I don't know which one. What do you want? Uh, don't you be silly. Oh, okay. Um, from loneliness. Yeah. That reports loneliness as their main uh, uh, problem. So we can either pour the information to you, give you the fact, quick fact, or you can make people feel it or making people uh, play, experience, manipulate. Uh, actually, we could see a lot of uh, meshed personality here. I know per meshed uh, personally, and I know she's a very social person. So she not, never desists. She has always rushing to the bits and not accepting people rejecting her or not, 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 giving, not giving up. Many other people just give up in the very first because they cannot couple with them. I mean, they cannot uh, they don't like the feeling of rejection, so ju they just keep uh, going. So we can learn a lot of ourselves by playing a very simple video game with a dot, with a, with a gray background, and we can teach meaning in a very, very deep way, in a very uh, meaningful way. So you would say, what's the difference? Here you have one of the most popular educational games um, which is um, uh, the Oregon Trail, very popular in America. People taught history for decades, maybe 20, some, uh, does anybody of you know it? You? Maybe you? Okay, this is a rather popular video game, people teaching that for 10 years maybe. And here we have a blockbuster. Here we have Assassin's Creed, uh, a very popular game. So what is the difference? Any difference? Okay, well, what is more appealing? Yeah, this one, right? The colorful, the one that is designed to sell, the one that is designed to entertain, to combat boredom, to convey emotions. Um, I mean, dying of dysentery is terrible, but it's not conveying a very emotional way, right? I mean, it's really hard to, to feel stuff by reading you have died of dysentery. But these games are far more appealing and far more compelling. Um, any gamer, any, I, I would say even any teenager would know that this is, is Con Constantinople in the, in, the, in the early 16th century, or that this is Boston in the revolutionary times, or that this is uh, um, Florence. Um, actually, these games have a very, I mean, um, a reasonable reproduction of the city as it were. It had a lot, it has a lot of historical design, uh, historians working on this, um, and it is very, very well designed. So many, many uh, teachers have used these games. Uh, right now, uh, Professor, uh, did you have an example of somebody using this? Yeah, game? one of my colleagues in Italian at the University of Delaware uses this game in particular, which is about Renaissance Italy. Mm -hmm. Wow, interesting, very interesting. Yes, I mean, people can really, can really learn about this. And you would say, hey, but this is fiction. Come on, this is fiction. This, you cannot learn from fiction. And you may be true, I mean, this is not a text, a history text, but you can not, it, it doesn't substitute a, a, a teacher, it doesn't substitute a guy, but it can be used as a tool. Can be really uh, used as a very uh, efficient, appealing, portal to a piece of knowledge that 
nobody has access here, especially in, in the United States. It's very expensive to travel to Florence. And, you, and even if you try to go to Florence, you, you will never time travel, right? So what is that? It's Venice. And everybody will know, I mean, I have friends, even very young, that they say, hey, this is St. Mark's, um, this is St. Mark's uh, Square. And this guy is buried there. I mean, they teach history, or they are a very interesting uh, portal to learning history. Just a little caveat that it's, sometimes it can get really annoying, is that yes, people and children, but people in general, they can distinguish between what is real and what is fictional. And this is maybe a, 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 a gratuitous uh, caveat, but it is very, very important that people normal, norm, to, uh, normally would say, yeah, but you know, it's fiction. They will believe that you can actually have superpowers or you can actually climb um, this high. No, okay, okay, these are, I mean, people from can learn from fiction by never mixing history and fiction. So let's talk about uh, some sort of games, not as, uh, th th this is an action-oriented game. Uh, there are some, some games that uh, they are actually simulating games. And there is this book about a, a teacher of history that uses video games in order to teach history. There are a, a lot of games that actually set yeah, you, you take control of a faction or you take control of a country and you have to recreate the past. Sometimes, and most of them, you can not following the, the history but altering it and manipulating the history. And this is very interesting because these simulation games present history as, history as something more than a story. Normally they tell us that, you know, the history is just a tale that they tell you and things happened because they had to happen. And I don't know, the United States, uh, it is a democracy because it had to do, because that is the story, that is the plot. Actually, history is far more complicated. These uh, people making choices and actually some, sometimes these choices are kind of arbitrary and in other cultures and other, they, they, maybe their choices have been different. So by understanding the tools of operating that. You, you play a, a game, you are in the Middle Ages, and you play the role of a monarchy, and you explore what is the role of religion. And you can explore, uh, exploit the, the religion as a, as a tool. Or you can see demographics, or you can see how commerce and war are related. And how, uh, what is the, the, um, the relation between um, a metropolis and its colonies, if it is profitable, if it is not, what kinds of, all of this you can really learn. And you can le learn it by seeing obstacles, seeing problems, and seeing how to solve them. And actually many, many, many teachers have used this kind of, this, this kind of game. This is one of my favorite series, is Europa Universalis. You cannot teach uh, people Latin with that title, but what you can do is you can teach uh, history. You can set any day in any week in any year of history and the game will reproduce the borders to the level of nobility uh, families. So you can see how were the dukes of Alba 
were doing in this particular set of time. Then you can go mad. Then you can try, if you play as uh, the Vatican, you can conquer whatever. You can go to D Denmark. It, it, you, you, you can explore, but you will find obstacles. You will find tools to operate with new problems. And actually many, many professors and teachers are using this to teach history. Um, and let's finish with one of my favorite from when I was younger. Now the series is not that good. This is the Dynasty Warriors uh, series. And you would say that this is the perfect example of a frivolous game, totally unrealistic. Mm, I mean, is it, isn't it cool? So it is a hack and slash. It's a game where you play um, a warrior from the uh, Han Dynasty, the, the times of the three Roman, uh, Romans, uh, from the Romans of the Three Kingdoms, um, which is one of the most important um, pieces of literature or works of literatures for uh, the Chinese uh, history. So you can play this. You can uh, wipe people out. It's, it's very fun. And it has a humongous uh, um, content of uh, history. You, 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 you learn, you have to learn in order to, to, to play. What was the Yellow Turban Rebellion? Where is Yu Hong? Where were the factions? What were the problems of these factions? Uh, what problems had uh, uh, to deal with? So you can learn a lot by playing video games. And not only the hack and slash, I mean, of course, you'd learn very little from that. You get emotions, but apart from that, it's very privileged. And you ha it actually, the game comes with an encyclopedia. And that's amazing, because the player sometimes has to go there. And if you really like it, as I did when I was a, a teenager, actually, some, some of you, you would go to the real, to the real novel. And it is a novel, a historical novel, half history, half uh, half uh, literature, and it is a uh, fantastic. And I'm completely sure, I'm positive that I would never learning uh, learn this if not for Dynasty Warriors. Then it comes the question: Yeah, but it's fiction. You cannot learn real stuff from fiction. You have to go to uh, textbooks. You you have to go to the straight dope. You cannot go to a video game. Okay, here we have uh, a portrait of Lu Bu, one of the fiercest uh, fighters in the in the in this uh, period in the Han Empire. Uh, you have here a representation as portrait as Dynasty Warriors Five, and he ha you have a King Dynasty block print, which is more fictional. Any? Anna, which is more fictional? I mean, what, you would believe that, right? Because, I mean, you would believe that because this is, I mean, this is history. This is old stuff. This is an 18th century blog about events that happened in the first century. So actually, this is far more fictional and far less documented. And I can, I mean, you, you can, you have to take my word. This is far less documented than this. It has a lot of research. This has uh, a lot of people and a culture. I mean, that we are learning from the past. So just because it's a, a video game, that doesn't mean that it's not well documented or well informed. And just because it's old or it is in paper, that means that it is true. Sometimes, some, I mean, there is no textbook 100% accurate. It is the role of the teacher to guide 
the students and tell them what to believe, what to not believe, what to uh, think about. And uh, closing my presentation, uh, teaching about the possibility of teaching literature with video games. There are far more things that you can learn from literature. I remember I had a workshop, a literary workshop, where we read, uh, my friends in London, we were reading uh, plays, we were discussing about that. And actually it was because a game where we had the biggest issue about philosophical, about literature events, and it was about uh, a discussion about Stanley Parable, Stanley's Parable. So uh, think twice when you think that video games cannot teach you. Actually video games sometimes are very good portraits of um, of uh, real uh, masterpieces. You have uh, a repassionated Alice in Wonderland, and you have a repassionated Dante's Inferno, which they have nothing to do with the original. And the good thing is that, especially for this app, you have to read the original in order to complete the game, in order to understand anything of this game. So it, it, it is amazing that they are really, I mean, they are pushing people to go to read. And this is something that we definitely want in our classes. This game, the same. There is a character, Virgil, that you find in, the, in La Comedia, you find it here, and actually Virgil reads you aloud the, the, the verses of the Comedia. So it is not only a portal, it's not only an incentive to go read, but it's actually conveying you part of the text. So it, I think it's not uh, neglectable at all. So conclusions is that a humanistic uh, uh, approach to video games is possible. We can see them as um, emotional training, even as emotional training, that we can learn from video games, how video games uh, work, how video games appeal, how video games engage, and then we can learn with video games, that, we can, that vi video games teach us things. So thank you very much for your attention. I hope this was a very little step in order to uh, see video games as a human uh, product. Okay, thank you.